You're listening to Finding Your Genius Zone with Dirk Novell. With the help of successful individuals across industries, Dirk breaks down the unknown parts of every vocation while highlighting the importance of finding a career where you can leverage your natural skills, passions, and interests. Now here's your host, Dirk Novell. Everybody, hi, this is Dirk Novell. Welcome to my podcast. On with me is a friend of mine, Mark Bowie. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you. You're welcome, man. Uh, Mark just came home from a long day of work. And uh, so real quick, I like to say Marky. He calls me Dirky. I don't know where Dirky came from, but I think we like to throw a Y at the end of the names. Uh, Mark is a guy that I've gotten to know over the years. We're both part of the same coaching group of mortgage professionals. And, you know, it's really grown into a large group. And, you know, you meet twice a year, you get pretty deep on stuff. And Mark's a guy that I've always gravitated to. Uh, he's just kind of my kind of guy. I really like hanging out, having conversations with them. And I was excited to have him come on because, you know, I've had a lot of successful lenders on the podcast and, and Mark's one of them, but he's doing it in a way that is very different in terms of social media influencing and videos. And it's really fun for me to watch him take off because he's done a great job. So, you know, he wears different hats, but Mark, why don't you, um, from a social media influencing standpoint, maybe talk a little bit about what it is you do how you got into it and how's it going? Yeah, so uh, thanks for that intro, uh, Durkey, with uh, with a Y. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I'm a producing branch manager. I work for a company called Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. You and I used to work there uh, together. Um, and I got into the social media space about a year and a half ago because I really wanted to uh, get to the consumers first um, <clears throat> for, for years. Like, I mean, every single lender that you talk to, that's the goal, right? Get to the consumers first because we don't want to rely on any um, real estate agents, home builders. Um, and I knew that if I can educate the community and, and influence the way people think in, uh, about real estate and, and about mortgages, that I hopefully would be top of mind whenever they thought of lending or mortgages so i that was my goal um i started um at the beginning of last year with about 400 followers um and i hired a social media team to work with uh but you know we just kept at it we produced four reels a week um always focusing focusing on adding value entertaining people um adding humor i'm a big fan of that and um just showing people what they don't know so it's it's, it's been a great man yeah it's i mean i like to laugh i consider myself a funny guy and i will say your videos like there's a lot of videos out there yours especially the recent ones are, are brilliant um i you know it's interesting if you're watching this and you're listening to Mark. So just a little history, like our, our market's kind of taken a beating in a way it's, it's been challenging in, in a last couple of years and people have had to change their ways to be successful. They've kind of had to find different ways to, to drive revenue. And, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, but was this something that you got into because of, Hey, I need to do something different. No, no. Um, <clears throat> this is something I got into because 
I really wanted to, to find a different lead source. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to get to the consumers first. Um, I had, you know, a lot of our business comes from, came from real estate agents. And during the, during the last couple of years, I just noticed that, you know, some of the relationships that we had with our real estate partners weren't quite the same anymore. And I just got to the point where I didn't want to rely on, you know, have our livelihood rely on other people other than myself. So I started social media even before the rates went up, you know, and, you know, so um, in, in a way, I feel I feel fortunate that, that I did because I feel like I just I, I had a had a decent head start. Yeah, I mean, you just see a lot of people in our industry uh, doing this. Right. And I think they're trying to figure out ways to get to the consumer. Um, you know, in some of the conversations we had over the years, you know, you've talked about maybe being fearful of public speaking or whatever, you know, your <clears throat> videos are very, you feel very natural. Like, was it a transition? Did it, was it hard in the beginning and just get easier or does something change when the camera goes on? It's, it was hard in the beginning and it got easier. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, you know, you know me, like I hate public speaking. I'm, I'm I'm a bit of a shy guy, and I admire people who actually are able to stand on stage and deliver a speech. You know, like a lot of the guys that we know in our coaching program. But for me, I I really had to work towards being comfortable in front of a camera. I you know, it was really challenging at the beginning. Um, <clears throat> I learned a couple tips along the way that made it easier. Um, one of the best tips that 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 I learned is, you know, when you're looking at a lens, try to picture somebody you really care about, right? So for me, like I pictured my 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 oldest daughter, my youngest daughter, my wife sometime, and me? I I you you yeah. a couple times a week, yes. And I look at the camera lens, you know, psyching myself out that I'm talking to somebody I really care about and and it makes it 10 times easier, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> I get it. I get it. So you've been at it. I mean, it's not like you've been at it 20 years, but you've been at it. You've done a lot of content in in the time you've done it. What is like, I mean, if someone's interested, what, you know, it doesn't have to be mortgages. It could be just being an influencer on products that whatever. What is, what is your biggest surprise? Like what caught you off guard? Like, has anything, I mean, you've been at it. Did anything be like, whoa, I didn't know this was part of this. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what's the, I, the other question, I guess, is what is the hardest thing about doing what you're doing? I guess let me answer that question first. It's the hardest thing has to be coming up with content, coming up with things to talk about, to create, to share with the community. Um, and whatever industry you're in, whether it's real estate and mortgages, you're fixing cars. Finding content is is a discipline. So for me, um, throughout the week, I will pay extra attention to emails or articles, um, something that comes across my desk, right? And if I see that that can have um, space on social media. Like I will save that. I will earmark that. I have a special folder in my out in in my Outlook, <clears throat> social media marketing. I pull that file or that email over there, um, and every single Saturday morning, I I take a couple 
hours. Um, one, if I don't have a whole lot of time and I go through and I start writing content based on these articles that I've collected over the week. And then once a week, I, I carve out time to shoot. So <clears throat> that's how, that's the hardest part. Um, <clears throat> and the thing that will surprise a lot of people as they, as they, as they embark on this space of social media marketing is, <clears throat> It's not as glamorous as as we think it is, right? It's a lot of hard work. It's shooting. I do a lot of my content um, in public, and you know, I have to get over the fear of like people looking at me, people telling me to go away, people telling me to like stop shooting in my store. Um, so you got a lot of that too, but yeah. Well, uh, you know, as far as keeping it, like, do you ever find yourself compromising, like? I don't know how good this content is, but it's the best I've got. And you go with that or do you just not shoot something unless you feel like into <clears throat> it? I, um, that's, that's a great question. So <clears throat> quality, I'm hyper-focused on quality, right? And I always want to produce good content. There has been a couple or a few um, that I'm like, uh, you know, the, the information is not that great. It's not that mind blowing, right? Uh, maybe I didn't shoot it well or I didn't act well, um, but we let it roll because we need the content for, for that week. Um, but that that's pretty rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so at your level, you know, someone's like, okay, this sounds cool. I've I've seen people on there. What does it take as far as skill sets? People like I know you have a team behind you. Can you kind of just talk? to the audience a little bit about the makeup of your team and who does what? Yeah. So are you talking about the social media team or the lending team? I'm sorry, social media. Social media. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I coach with a guy, um, you know, I've been coaching with, coaching with him for, for about a year and a half. And um, we meet once a week. We talk about content. We talk about like, what's trending um we throw ideas out there like hey james you know i want to talk about like down payment uh percentages because there's a big misconception out there okay cool let's talk about that um or i might bring up a topic to to him and he's like mm, that's probably not going to land very well with, with with the public so we go back and forth um and then from there uh, <clears throat> if it's on most most of these reels, like I'm writing the content, and then my team is uh, applying their wordsmith magic to it. Right, they're making it sound better, flow better, and then we script everything out, and then uh, we record. Okay, is that like okay. a t team of five people or two people? Or I work directly with James, um, and then from there, I'm sorry, I work with directly with James. I also work with a, video, a local videographer. Um, so two people that I am in contact with. And once the content is shot, my videographer will send it over to James and his team. And then from there, they do all the edits. They add the, um, the captions. Um, they put in the fancy text, the graphics, and then they upload them for me. So okay. I have very little involvement there. And so when I see you doing shots, like in front of a store, walking down the street, is that just you and another person? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> yep. 
Yeah, I would think just knowing you and and I don't, you know, I never thought you were shy. I think it's just, you know, I've always thought you're very easy to talk to, but I think I would be very nervous being out and about in public, watch people watching me. Like, um, how long did that take you to get comfortable with, or is it still uncomfortable? It's not uncomfortable um, at, anymore. It probably took me a couple months, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, you get to the point where you realize if it's the owner of the store that he or she might say something, but most of the time, if it's the employee, they're like, we don't care. Whatever. Yeah, no, I, exactly. I, I get it. So do you feel, um, okay. Also some of your content is like you working out, right? Just kind of getting to know Mark a little mm. bit. Like some of it is not mortgage related. So as you've gotten deeper in your progress, like, do you find the value of somebody that wants to do social marketing, social media marketing, there's value in just getting to know you? 100%. It's we're, we're in an age right now where consumers, consumers don't want to be sold, right? They want to buy and they're not watching TV. They're not being bombarded by TV commercials. They're watching, they're on social media, they're scrolling and they're following influencers, people that are normal, that they can relate to. So for, for me, like the stories that I share through IG, like that this, they disappear after 24 hours, that's an opportunity for my community to get to know who Mark is behind the monologue, right? Behind the talking head. Uh, I'm not the guy. What is that guy that's walking around talking about mortgages really like? You know, does he work out? Does he um, hang out with his kids, his family? Uh, what does he like to eat? So the stories will build the trust and the stories will drive the business. The reels, like the scripted reels, those will gain the followers. So there's and then once you have followers, you gotta then let them into your circle or your or your world and let them get a, get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. So. so so what do you think, Mark, it is about you that has made you so successful in lending? I mean, you're great on camera, you're creative, you're funny, you're likable, you're, you know, real. Uh, how does that translate? Do you think at the end of the day, people that are trying to get financing, they're just looking for someone they can trust and like? 100%, 100%. And, and I'm glad you had to ask that question, Dirk, because the 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 leads if you will that we get from social media are 10 times better than any lead we have ever gotten from a real estate agent okay wow. let that sink in right and when people connect with our team they're like wow like i've been following you for the last four months like i like you i love your content i'm looking for a mortgage i trust you what's next yeah I mean, okay. you've kind of cut through a lot of the crap, right? Like the get to know you part, right? And mm -hmm. it's kind of like dating, you know, they've, you've gone through the, <clears throat> they know you. And I, I love it because like a lot of times I don't do a lot of business with strangers. Most of my business is referral based and there's some stickiness, you know, uh, there's some kind of attachment connection, uh, but you're, you're establishing that connection already, right? Without... It's like scaling. You're scaling your connection. 
through video. Yeah, one 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 hundred percent. And and Sosi said it best. He said it's social media. Like when you create video content or posts or whatever, um, it's ha it's like having a stealth an army of Salesforce. Did I say that right? I get you. Bro. Um, yeah, that is out there selling like twenty four seven, even when you're sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. And when, yeah, so <clears throat> pretty powerful. Well, the thing I love about your, you and you're like, I always ask myself, would I do alone with that guy? You know, and like, I'm a big fan. I just want to trust the guy. I don't want someone full of shit. I want somebody that, um, that, you know, trust is everything to me. And is he real and, and, or she, and, and, and that's what I get out of it. I mean, if I didn't know you and I was watching your videos, that's what you are exuding in your videos. I mean, there's no, it's not perfect scripted. It's not, everything is, you know, shiny white teeth and it, it's very real. And I personally, that's what I gravitate towards. And I think I attract that kind of audience as well. And I think that's what you're doing with your videos. Um, have you felt proud of yourself? Like, I feel like you've really, I don't want to say you transformed, but, like you didn't like being on camera and I, you said you were shy. I never thought you were shy, but you've really kind of come out of your shell. Have you, do you acknowledge that? Do you feel good about that? Yeah, man, 100%. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I have acknowledged that and I, I am proud of myself for, for that. I mean, there's still a lot of growth that I, um, for, for me, uh, you know, especially in, uh, especially with public speaking, that still scares the shit out of me. Um, but I feel like now that I have been able to overcome um, the fear of being in front of a camera, like what else can I overcome, right? So it's it's a very empower an, an empowering feeling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, thanks thanks for uh, for sharing that. Yeah. Would you feel like you would be um, scared to public speak if it was something that you were speaking of of the heart, like that? you really were into? No. Yeah. 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 For me, I don't like public speaking. Like I don't want to get up there and talk about paper clips or Slurpees or, you know, like, but if I was talking about something that I'm intimately, you know, like my family or coaching or even my podcasting, I would have no problem. Cause I am who I, this is who I am. Right. It's like when I feel like people get up in a situation and they have to kind of, I don't want to say fake it, but maybe, get excited about something that they're not genuinely excited about. I think that's the trap, at least for yeah. me it is. But, um, okay, so getting back, going back in time, you know, tell me, wh where did you go to college? I didn't go to college. Okay, so where'd you go to high school? Santiago High School in Garden Grove. Okay, and Morris so County. did you get right into lending right out of that? Or how did lending, ha or walk <clears throat> us kind of through your history a little bit. All right. Uh, yeah, if man. You, if you um, don't mind. I don't mind at, at all. So <clears throat> I was, um, how do you say this? <clears throat> kind of a, a screw up in, in high school. I got into a lot of trouble. I ditched a lot. Um, I, hung, I hung out with the wrong crowd. And I almost got kicked out of high school. Um, I think this was, I can't, like my Junior year, I almost got kicked out, kicked out of high school. And my one of my teachers, um, 
who I still like think of to, to this day. She was kind of like, she was my first mentor. Um, and she vouched for me and she said, Hey, he's a good kid. Um, he's smart. Like let him, you know, give him a second chance. So the principal in the school said, all right, well, we'll have him take, if you think he's smart and he's capable, we'll have him take AP classes or AP tests. Um, and if he passes, he has to transition over to AP or honors, honor classes. Um, and then, uh, he can stay. So I took the test, passed, you know, graduated with honors. I, I still don't know how. <laughs> um, I got accepted to UC Riverside and UC Irvine. <clears throat> during during the summer, um, my financial aid application kind of fell apart. They wouldn't approve me. And so I decided to get a summer job selling Hondas because a lot of my friends, including myself, were into like racing these rice rockets. Did it for a year. Um, that summer job like went on for, for a full year, right? My uncle shows up to the dealership to buy a car for me. And he said, um, hey, I want you to help me out. I said, that's cool, man. I can like hook you up with any any car on the lot except for that new Honda Accord model because it, it just rolled off, you know, the truck. Like, it's brand new. We're not discounting that thing. And he's like, yeah, that's the one I want. I'm like, all right, Uncle Tom, like, no discount. There you go. He goes, no okay, I'll pay cash for it. And I'm like, man, all right, dude, what do you do, you know, for, for work? So he starts telling me about uh, his mortgage uh, work, and he goes, I think you'll be great um at my company i'll set you with some interviews so that's how i got my first gig man through through uncle tom so you got a commission and a job yep exactly Not, ah, i like it so you kind of fell into lending pretty early in your career yeah i was uh 19. wow that's great man so yeah. you, you know like going back can you think of like is there any advice you can give to somebody that's coming out of school, high school, college, grad school, whatever? Like, I mean, I don't know if you were chasing money or you just thought this is better than selling cars or whatever. Um, but, you know, is there any advice that you might give to somebody that's kind of trying to figure it out right now? Yes. I, the, the advice that I would give is, Time moves very quickly, even when you don't think it's moving very quickly. Um, and don't be fooled by like what four years is going to look like or what five or 10 years is going to look like. It's going to happen like that before you know it. Um, meaning like if I had that mentality as a 21-year-old or a 25-year-old, I would have invested more because or, you know, spent more time doing the right things, uh, spent more time learning. And instead of like talking myself out of it, thinking, oh my God, it's gonna be so much time. I'm not gonna even bother with investing in real estate. I'm not even gonna bother going to school. So just recognize that right time moves very quickly. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I, you know, I, I was thinking about a podcast I did with Josh and it was really, it hit me and it made me realize if I had listened to that podcast when I was 22, <clears throat> I would have done life very different. And that's really, Marky, the goal I'm trying to do with these 
with my audience is I'm trying to, you know, it's like dating. Sometimes you got to date to know who you want to end up with. And sometimes you got to take a job to know what you like. But I also, I'm hoping to help people kind of expedite the process of getting into the right work versus the wrong job. And I mean, Mm. but people can say there's no wrong job, but I do think that when you align your skills and your interests in the right career, you're going to experience something very differently. Um, As far as advice to someone who's struggling and it's like trying to figure out, I don't know what I want to do. Do you have any thoughts for somebody like that? Like imagine your daughters and gosh, I don't know, 15 years, whatever. I mean, you know, we all want our kids. I have two kids. I want them to be happy. I want them to be successful, but I also want them to be happy. Uh, what's your advice to somebody who's just really having a hard time trying to figure that out? Um, man, that's that's a good question because I'm still trying to figure out my, my life, Durkee. Uh <laughs> Are you? Sometimes. I The advice I would give is, and this is just me, right? Like, <clears throat> yeah, what's your advice? I love... I love real estate. I love investing in real, in, in, in real estate. Um, and I would say like, regardless of where, what your interest is, you have to, you should not have to, but you should look at real estate investing to build passive income so that you can do whatever the heck you want. Right. You take, you, Take a look at somebody like Josh Meadow. Like he has hundreds of doors. He doesn't need to be in lending. Like he can do whatever he wants. And that's because he started at a really young age. Um, so that's my advice. Like if I want to be an artist, cool, go be an artist. But get into real estate somehow, some way. Like start investing to build that equity, build that passive income. So that if you want to continue being an artist for the rest of your life, you don't have to worry about like bills and everything else. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, that's my biggest regret, like listening to Josh thinking about, God, there were so many years there. I didn't acquire any real estate. And, uh, I think my problem is I was trying to expedite success, but you know, it doesn't happen overnight. Like you just got to take baby steps. And I see you doing that, you know, with some of the flips you're doing. And I think you're on the right path for sure. Is there anything about lending that, you know, if somebody's interested in getting involved with lending like you and I, or in the flip business, is there anything that you didn't see coming that you might want to warn people about and not to be negative, but you know, every job has its pros and cons, but is, um, what about lending maybe? caught you off guard in a negative way our business is very feast or feast or famine okay right um when the market is hot you have the ability to make a ton of money right and my i would say like when you do make a ton of money don't live like you make a ton of money save for a rainy day because it's not always going to be easy in our business right now like we're going through a really bad season of, of, of our of our industry, right? Guys that have saved are making it through the season a lot less painful than guys that did, or people that did not save. So um, that's the one thing that caught me by surprise the first time around when I when I got freaking rocked in in '08, and um, yeah, it devastated me. So. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, 
anything else? Like, I mean, are you, are you cool with everything that comes with lending is, uh, I mean, mm. you're going, you're going after new clients. Do you ever battle with like the commoditization of our industry or the lack of loyalty or do you sense, <clears throat> do you not experience that? Oh, did I experience that every single day? And I've, I have been experiencing that since day one of the industry when I was 19 years old, I'm 45 now. Right. And Shit, I don't you look think 44, that- bro. Oh, thanks, brother. I appreciate that. <laughs> if I shave this, I'll look 43. Um, but, you know, I think you'll always have like people looking at our business as, as a commodity. And um, it's always going to be there. You know, the better you can get at educating yourself and being able to like transfer what you have in here to your clients or consume or the consumer and make them feel like, holy shit, you're not a commodity. That's that's the winning ticket. Yeah, I mean, that's a great way to look at it. I think we are a commodity, but there's ways to diffuse that. Um, like, what is it about this business, the lending business that does it for you? Is it, I mean, do you just, is it, some people say, I just freaking love to put people into their dream of owning home. I mean, is that it for you or is it the freedom that comes with it? Or, uh, you know, what is it about lending that does it for you? It's a lot of things, man. It's it's uh, <clears throat> the f- the freedom, the flexibility of being able to do this wherever we want, right? Yeah. You and I can be working uh, in Hawaii if we wanted to, right on the beach. Um, we just need internet connection, right? Um, <clears throat> the ability to make a good living, um, getting winning a client over and getting them like put their trust in you that's like hitting a three-pointer yeah um getting a first-time home buyer into their first home and watching them build equity that's that's amazing man like that's like watching your kid grow so there's a lot of things about the business that that i love and it's 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 an industry where you're if you're doing it right like you're delivering good news meaning the phone calls you're making, right? Hey, congratulations on getting your offer accepted. Hey, congratulations on on closing escrow and buying your first property or buying your investment property. We're, for the most part, we're always giving out good news as opposed to, I got a buddy who spent freaking years um, in college to become an attorney and he handles divorces. He makes a shitload of money, but the guy's miserable. He goes, dude, some of the like conversations that I get sucked into every single day. It's disgusting. It's nasty. And I see like the bad side of of human beings and he's depressed all the time, right? He doesn't get to deliver good news like you and I do. So I think that's one of the, my favorite things uh, about the industry. So, yeah, I think that's good. I haven't heard that yet from any of my lender guests. Um, Cause, cause a lot of times people get into careers or jobs, they don't really understand what comes with it. Right. So you've talked about the uncertainty of based on economic times, it might be really Mm -hmm. slow based the commoditization, the good stuff of giving good news. Uh, are there any other things that might surprise somebody that's kind of dead set focused on getting into lending that they might need to be aware of? Um, it's, the the ramp up period can be slow. Yeah. But when you're when you're first starting, if you're referral based and you're and you're trying to build relationships and build 
trust so that people can refer you business, it it can be slow. Expect yeah. a three month, maybe a six month ramp up period. But <clears throat> once you, it's like a it's like a train that's, you know, you're trying to get in motion. It takes a it takes a minute. But once that train uh, gets in gear, like it's the momentum uh, will uh, will will carry and 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 it'll make it like almost unstoppable in terms of of lead flow. So you're a producer, but you're also a branch manager. So do you have yeah. other LOs that work underneath you? I do. Yeah, so, I have so, three other LOs. Okay. Do you enjoy that part of the business as far as mentoring and coaching and all of that? I do, man. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a very rewarding part of my business. It allows me to be be like a mini Tim Brahim. You know, I take what I learn from you and all the guys that that we hang out with, and I coach these guys, and you know. So it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to watching them grow. So are you a better coach, manager, producer, or social media influencer? Right now, dude, I think social media is winning. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a lot of fun on social media right now. Um, there was a period, though, Dirk, uh, like six months ago where I fell into a funk, dude. You know, I'm like, man, I don't want to create content anymore. It's boring. Like, everything's the same. I, yeah. I got sick of it. So yeah. I had to reinvent myself. I had to reinvent the content uh, and the style. So that's why you, you, you're seeing me try like a bunch of different styles right now. I love it. I mean, I think that's good. Again, I'm, I'm thinking about people who are listening and watching this. And sometimes the path to success isn't always A to B. I mean, you keep trying, you keep switching it up. And I mean, sometimes that's what you have to do, right? 100%. Yeah, you constantly have to do that. You know, yeah. like we're switching up our mortgage practice right now. We're switching up our pre-purchase consultation, we're swapping out slides, you know, putting stuff in that's more relevant to the times and changing the way that we communicate with our referral partners, changing the way we get new leads. It's constant. You got you got to change it up. So talk to me a little bit about AI and, and how, I mean, I don't know if you're using it, but when you're talking about content, what, what can I come up with? My mind went to chat GBT4 or just helping, you know, automate ideas. Are you using that at all to come up with um, content? No, I, I have not. No, um, I hear people using AI to come up with the content to come up with the content and write content. I haven't tried it yet. Uh, we started using AI to um, enhance our graphics. So if you watched the last couple, uh, the last two reels that I posted or three, um, like I'm getting transformed into Superman as I'm walking or a doctor because I'm talking about like vaccine, you know? So we've been using AI from that perspective and it's been fun you know again we're just trying to f play around with it uh be creative i you know <clears throat> i'm an artist at heart you know i love art and uh this is an opportunity for me to use my creative side so if somebody wants to be 100 social media influencer whether they're i mean there's a million ways you can do it um how like I don't understand the different areas of compensation. Like, you know, you're, you're doing it to drive traffic, to do more loan business, right? 
But yeah. there's also social media influencers where they might get a, if they're driving people to a certain site to buy, you know, dresses or sunglasses or whatever, they're going to get a cut. Can you, I don't know if you have the knowledge, can you speak at all to the different ways people can make a living doing social media marketing like that? I wish I could speak to this, Turkey, because um, I, I don't know. Um, okay. Like I said, my main goal is just to drive business to my mortgage practice um, and getting to the consumers first. I know that there are people make monetizing social media on a completely different level. You know, they're getting paid advertisement or what have you, but um, I'm not there. Yeah, no, that's totally cool. Yeah. Have you got, have you get, I mean, I guess the good news is you're getting this audience, but is there any drawback to having a bunch of random people following you? Do you get any weirdos that stalk you? I mean, have you had any of that? There, there, there are, uh, there, there are some followers that, that show <laughs> up more, more often than, than I thought, um, is normal, you know, uh, but it's, it's perfectly fine. Um, the part for me though, about social media and having followers now is I'm a pretty private guy. Okay. Um, uh, <clears throat> And my wife is also pretty private too. She doesn't want me to share like a lot of our family stuff on social media because of the following. And I'm kind of torn in the middle middle because my social media coach is like, hey, you got to share like your personal life. You got to share your your family stuff and so that they can see who Mark Bowie really is, you know? And Kimberly's on the other side saying, don't you share like, you know, our baby's faces on social media. So um, that's been a struggle. That's been a struggle. Uh, so sometimes when I post something related to the girls, it's not showing their faces, you know, like yeah. uh, I used to do, I used to walk them to school before su summer break. And, you know, it's just a video of me holding Morgan's hand. So yeah, that's no, been I a think, challenge. I think it's interesting. I mean, it's a random question, but I think there's a lot of things people don't think about that come with doing what you do, right? The goal is to create this large audience and it can be good, but it also might cause other issues that you didn't forecast, you know, um, random people showing up, uh, you know, giving to, like I've always been a little reluctant. Like I post online when I'm, you know, proud of my kids or maybe I'm in a cool spot and I see beauty and I wanna share it, but I've always been a little gun shy on um, exposing too much myself to strangers or to people I don't know that well. But the battle too is sometimes you kind of got to do that, get get out of your comfort zone to, you know, drive traffic or a, a new revenue stream. <clears throat> so it's kind of a dance and I, I don't know, it's, it's a tricky one, but I think you're doing it really well and delicately. So I commend you on that. Thanks, man. Well, it's a, it's definitely a dance that I'm still trying to like learn the steps uh, to. So, <clears throat> right on. So, as we wind down, if you were to rewind this back, you said Garden Grove. Is that where you went to high school? Mm -hmm. Is that like Sublime? Yeah. Yep. W were you exactly. almost in that band? I could. Is that why you got kicked out of high school almost? Because you were just a. Uh, <laughs> A guy that was, were they big when you're, you're not too far from my age, but no, that was after high school, right? That was like a long time after, right? Sublime was a little bit after high school. Um, but yeah, they, they were pretty big. Uh, 
when I was growing up, I'm trying to think like, was that after high school? Possibly. Yeah. I think, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Nonetheless, if you reround the clock and would you do it different? Like knowing what you know, like, would you have gone right into lending kind of like you did maybe bypass the, the car salesman job? Like, or would you do it differently? For man, <clears throat> that's a good question, Dirk. Because for a ton of for for many many years, man, I live with like a ton of regret uh, uh, around not going to college. Right? I did. I ended up going like going to uh, community college. I have a few years under my belt, but I was just messing around. I took like calculus and photography class and shit like that you know what i mean with no direction um but i live with the regret of man like not going to a university and not being able to like have that college experience with my friends um it wasn't until maybe <clears throat> five six years ago that i was that i became okay with that you know and mm. I, i've gotten to the point where i'm like whatever the the decisions i made to not go to college and get into lending and get you know start making money like soon um it shaped me into who i am today so uh i don't think some days i think maybe i'm wrong maybe i should have gone to college but i i don't know um i'm here you know and this is an interesting topic. I maybe I can we can go a little deeper on it. But let me just ask you off the cuff, like how would your life been different if you went to college? I don't know. That's huh. right. Is that I, the question? I, that's the question, right? Mm. Would I have would I have landed in a different industry? Most likely. Right? Um would I have graduated? I don't know. Like I probably it's that's, I, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> that's the question. That's the, the, re, the unknown is the regret. Yeah. I mean, or you would have ended up right where you are. Right. With $200,000 in, in student loans. Yeah. Or maybe 50. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't cost $200,000 to become a mortgage lender, but by the way, guys. No, I'm just saying that that's an interesting topic because there are people that may be younger watching this and thinking, well, why the hell, you know, college? I don't want to spend all that money. I don't know what I want to yeah. do. And I'm a big believer of gap years. Like I think people coming out of high school, I think they should go spend a couple years trying something out or traveling or whatever, if they can afford it. But I, I don't know, like I went to college and uh, it was expensive and it was difficult. I wasn't the greatest student. I worked my ass off. Um, and I think my best thing is I learned how to manage my time. I learned how to take care of myself, you know. Um, and I know that's an ex it's an expensive way to do it. But I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know what I, what I got out of college. I don't know if it really served me. So I would give yourself a little latitude on that. Yeah. Um, because I don't want to say college is overrated, but I know a lot of people that went to college that aren't using what they learn. And, uh, I know a lot of very successful people that never went to college. So, um, 
but do you think you would have got, okay, so let's just say you go to college, but do you think you would have gotten into lending knowing what you know now, or would you, is there another industry that, I mean, you said you're attracted to real estate. Would you have gotten more into the, the, uh, acquiring properties, rentals, et cetera? I would have been an architect. Is that what you is really is what you had done? Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause that's sometimes what I think that I would have done. No way. Yeah. What that's is it about, though. what is it about architecture that you like? Um, I, I told you, earlier, I shared with you earlier that I love art. Um, I just love like the beauty and of, of buildings and the design, the concepts, the, especially thoughtful design, uh, building design. Like it just, like it fascinates me, it, you know? Um, <clears throat> so when I was a kid, I wanted to be like, uh, I can't remember if that was like eight, nine, ten, uh, somewhere around that age, right? And I shared my desire to be an architect to my uncle, um, and his response was, "Yeah, that's great, but like that's way too competitive. Like you gotta, you gotta work for somebody, be an apprentice for like ten years, and if you're lucky, like you become a decent architect and make like." maybe decent money too. And I remember that conversation really like it discouraged me from having additional thoughts about being an, an, an architect. Um, it wasn't until I got older and I learned better. I'm like, why the fuck did I listen to that guy? You know, <clears throat> why the, I let his words change my goals. And that was a big lesson for me. So <clears throat> that's, I mean, that's, I was going to ask you any last parting advice that to me is really good advice to someone that's listening is, you know, a lot of times the people around you love you and they want security. They want you to have a safe life. And I, I find that maybe like with my father, it was all about money and not really about what I wanted to do or what I like to do. So I would be real cautious about the words that, you let into your head and your heart mm -hmm. and the dreams that people might squash around you. So um, I think that's really important for people to realize um, anything as we end this, that's on the, you know, that you feel inclined or that's on the tip of your tongue that you want to leave with the audience relating to being brave and finding your passion and, and finding a career that you actually will enjoy. Something very similar to what I ended uh, the podcast with, uh, with with Tim Brahim, you know, uh, he taught us um, you, that we don't have to believe everything that we think, especially when it comes to going after our passion, our career, and it ties into the the architect story that I just shared with you guys, like, you know, our, our, our brain is powerful, right? Our thoughts are powerful. And if we start listening to the negative thoughts, um, it may prevent us from ever reaching our po true possibilities. So um, that's what I'll, I'll leave the audience with. I love it, Mark. Um, by the way, The Fountainhead is a great book. Uh, my favorite character, my favorite book, but it's about architecture. It's really about life. But if you like um, architecture, it's a big, thick book, but 
you might want to read it. It's uh, Anne Rand. It's 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 a long one, but it's really good. Um, Mark, thanks for coming on, my friend. Uh, I'm glad to call you a friend, and I'm really impressed with what you've done. And uh, I show my wife your videos. Uh, saw the one the other day of the gladiator, and I just you're you're really good, man. Like if I didn't do a loan for myself, I would have you do my loan. Uh, <laughs> so you're doing something right. So thanks again, man. I appreciate that, Dirty. All right, see you, bud.